Hey watchers, today we take a look at a piece of work by Canadian funny man Jim Carrey. This rubber-faced legend of comedy has been a force of nature on comedy stages, TV, and movies for decades. Known to tread on the dark side of comedy from time to time, this film was his first foray into that particular subgenre. So lock your doors and don't put down the remote. It's time for 1996's black comedy, The Cable Guy. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it. All right, everyone. Welcome to uh, the show. Today, we've got uh, national local comedian Joe Paris. Joe is also part of the comedy podcast, Drunk Comedians. Uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what kind of trouble you get into. You're uh, putting me on the spot here. Yeah. Um, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> uh, comedy is actually a recent thing for me. I didn't get into comedy. Actually, I did my first stand-up comedy night. I have it in my notes here, but it was uh, July 8th, 2019. So oh, wow. It's actually not that long ago. And honestly, the way I got into it, I met some dude. We were hanging out, and we were talking about doing a podcast, like a comedy podcast. He's, he's been wanting to do stand-up. So he actually, so I'm like, well, have you done stand-up comedy? He's like, no. He's like, I'm like, how long have you been wanting to do it? He's like, 10 years. I'm like, 10 years and you haven't done it. So I like, I'm, I have a total fear of public speaking. You know, (laughs) so like legit fear of it. So I told, I'm like, you know what? I need to challenge myself as well. So I told him, like, listen, let's pick a date. Let's both do stand-up comedy. That way you challenge me, I challenge you. And um, so we did it. We picked July 8th, 2019. Oh, did I say 2018? No, 2019. You said 19, yeah. Yeah. So uh, July 2019, and we both did it. I don't know, man. It was like one of those things where all of a sudden the trajectory of your life changes. Wow. You had those experiences where you do something, and it's like your life is never the same after that. And it's it's kind of what it did for me. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So the uh, my buddy Todd, who was really into comedy, he you know he started introducing me a lot of comedians that I hadn't listened to. And that's kind of where, you know, so it's relatively new. Comedy's relatively new for me. What are um, some of your, uh, what are some of your influences? So uh, I remember as a kid watching uh, Eddie Murphy. I remember mm. listening to Eddie Murphy Delirious. Yeah. <laughs> it, with my brother in our bedroom. I don't know how old we were when it came out. We were probably like 10, you know, 11 yeah. years old. We were listening in my, in my room and my dad walked by and he overheard it and he was looked and he was, kind of shook his head and like a very disappointed <laughs> look. And, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it, to me it was funny and, you know, I don't know. Uh, That's but, awesome. Yeah, that, that was like one of my earliest memories of stand-up comedy was uh, Eddie Murphy. Um, and then um, I, uh, so as I got a little older, I got into Andrew Dice Clay a lot. I really liked his comedy. 
Oh, the um, Dice I Man. Saw him. Yeah, I actually saw him live. Really? When I was 14, 15. He came to, I was living in New York. I grew up in Long Island, New York. And he came to the Nassau Coliseum to do a show. And uh, you had to be, I think you had to be 18 to get tickets for it. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. Pretty, uh, so we had my buddy's cousin, who was 18, yeah. go with us, buy the tickets. We were like 15, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, he was a big influence as well. That's wow. awesome. Did you know all the jokes beforehand? So you were like, when you would do the callbacks? Oh, you absolutely. Would, you, yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. I saw him on, uh, when I was, my buddy that I went to that concert with, we first saw him, we were kids watching, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, Rodney Dangerfield would have mm-hmm. uh, young comics yeah. come up. Sam Candison got a star. Like a lot of those guys, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, um, Barry Sobel, a lot of those guys got their start with um, Rodney Dangerfield. That is cool. Yeah, and, I've uh, actually. Yeah. So we saw his stand up, and it was like a, it was just like a 10 minute skit that he did, but it was just hilarious. It was so much fun. And I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a big influence on me. Very yes. cool. So, right the, today, we are diving into the movie The Cable Guy, which you picked this one uh, because well, this is one movie that uh, influenced you, right? Like it, it definitely kind of sparked yeah, something uh, in you with comedy. Absolutely. But I, I got to be honest, when I first saw the movie, I hated it. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I bet. I was dating a girl and uh, we went to the movie theater to see it. Yeah. Um, and we both hated it. Hey, it almost uh-huh. walked out of, of it. Wow. Oh, man. Just it didn't get it. Yeah, it just didn't get it. And we, so, Jim, I mean, you guys seen Jim Carrey's character is so bizarre, so right. outrageous. It's like, right. it's so creepy. You know, like right. when you first watch it, you're very uncomfortable. It's not, you're not laughing because he's super creepy. Right. Um, right. Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when I first saw it and then it wasn't until years later, and I, actually I was talking to my wife about this. I was trying to remember because my wife loves the movie. It's like one of our favorite movies to watch. Awesome. And uh, I was trying to talk to her. I'm like, how did that movie become such a, I mean, like it's such a big part of our lives, you know, big part of it. but uh, as far as a movie, um, and I was trying to retrace the steps, but I do remember what my, uh, uh, my, you know, a girlfriend of mine at the time seeing it and just hating it. And then I wound up stumbling back across it years later. And I'm like, man, this film is brilliant. Isn't and you it? get it. Yeah. Really yeah. And I just say it clicked. Yeah. That's well, I know. Awesome. I mean, when you think about, you know, when it came out, I mean, the hate, it, it's the, I don't know if it's the heyday, but I mean, a lot of, when you think of Jim Carrey, you're thinking Ace Ventura, The Mask. Dumb yeah. and Dumber. I mean, just, he was huge. I mean, the biggest yeah. guy in the nineties and then to have him do a, you know, a, some, you know, a black comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. insane. After doing mask and like, yeah. Right. Doing like, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was they, it? Uh, and in fact, they actually, I think uh, he was the first, that movie, he was the first actor to get paid $20 million. Right. Yeah, the first $20 million uh, actor. Yep. From that right. Movie. That so is, I guess at the time they probably gave him a ton of freedom and, you know, I mean, he was the biggest actor at that, at, at that moment. Right. It was interesting like, too, because um, when you were talking about paying $20 million, how a lot of, when the movie came out, it made his money back and more. So it was a successful yeah, film. It technically it didn't blow it out of the water. Like the, the previous year he did three or two movies the year before. And then three movies the year before that of like, you know, Ace Ventura, the mask, like you were yes. saying, dumb and dumber, all those, like the big Jim Carrey hits. 
And it was pretty funny though, because they, the other studios wanted to call this a, a, a not a hit because they didn't like the idea of having to pay their star $20 million. I, yeah, I've heard <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like it put a, it put a target on his back after 20 million, you know, it did, right? like, you know, they're going to critique that. They're going to look at everything. They're going to, you know, they're Dude, that's ninety. Yeah, in ninety six, twenty million dollars. Like you mean, like shoot, Robert Downey Jr. I think got like I don't know off the top of my head. I think it was like less than ten million for the second Iron Man movie. Like right, and that was a yeah. Like it's just crazy. It ha- yeah, Jim Carrey was a huge force. Let me drop a Actually, little bit the of information. Budget, the budget was only they only spent forty million. Half the freaking money was spent on Jim Carrey's salary, <laughs> man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let me uh, let me drop some facts real quick and then we'll uh, we'll dive into it. So, uh, yeah, this was directed by Ben Stiller and it looks like so it was apparently this is actually written by Judd Apatow, except he like had to go to bat for it because he didn't get a writing credit on this. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so Judd Apatow actually wrote that, who, of course, would go on to great fame, which is funny. This is the movie that he met Leslie Mann, the main girl in this movie, and that became his wife. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, budget was 47 million and the box office was 102.8 million. So that was a pretty, pretty good to turn around on that. It was starring Jim Carrey, Matthew Broadwick, Ben Stiller, Leslie Mann, Jack Black, Jeanine Garfalo, George Segal, and I mean, Owen Wilson. There's a lot of different comedians in it that actually don't really do anything in this movie, but I'm like, right. oh, that's yeah, David yeah, Cross. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Bob Odenkirk. Kathy yeah. Griffin's in it. Kathy Griffin's got like, right. yeah, So yeah. many cameos. Yeah. I I don't know if it was like cameos at the time or they were just up and coming comedians that Ben Stiller knew. So what I saw, what I read earlier today is I was fact checking a little bit. So Ben Stiller (laughs) had the Ben Stiller show in the the early nineties or whatever. And so this basically what he called it was a $40 million Ben Stiller show episode. So basically (laughs) everyone that was, that was on his show got some kind of little part in the movie. So that's yeah. why you saw, you know, Janine Garofalo and, yeah. and a lot of these other people that, which they were, I mean, they were all, when I think of nineties comedy, I mean, I remember Janine you know, Garofalo and I, I remember a lot of these other, yeah. um, you know, actors being in, you know, kind of smaller comedies or whatnot. Right. And of course, Bob Odenkirk is, I think like as big as he is now, like that just, you know, like, him, oh yeah, he was just in there. just kind of laughing. Oh dude. And Kyle gas was in there. Like, yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Yes. At the end. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You guys like, know about Tenacious D? Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. So all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, Tenacious D is legit. Yeah. When I saw yeah. it, I was like, oh, that's nice. Kyle gas. Yeah. And then the He's whole the thing. Couch potato. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then he picks up the book at the end. He's right. like, yeah. maybe I should read. <laughs> right. He's like, so oh, there's, there's something outside of TV. It's just like, I gotta say, um, yeah. So you said, you already told us um where you saw it first you actually saw this in theaters you were saying yeah, I right did. yep that's legit uh, yep. i let's see i don't remember when i first watched this um it's got to be at least 10 years ago or something like that and i was with you i watched this and i was like what is this like i didn't know anything about it and i didn't like it either and so when josh was like yeah he wants to review the cable guy i was like that's a perfect pick because yeah. it's like it's a jim carrey movie that people don't really talk about but it's not like a forgettable jim carrey movie like mr Popper's right. penguins or something it's like <laughs> legitimately a cult cult yeah. classic movie so i was like i'm excited to watch this again and so i'm really glad that you picked that because i otherwise i probably wouldn't have watched this again yeah. just just because my first impression impression of it was just not good yeah. so josh when's the first time you watched it 
So this is, uh, I'm with you. I didn't watch this when it came out. Like I remember it coming out. I was huge fan. I'd seen, uh, most of his other movies by then. And for, for whatever reason, I just didn't see it. I don't, I don't know why. Um, but, and then later I remember watching me, myself and Irene, which is very dark compared to, compared to this even. So anyways, I saw bits and pieces of this movie just on TV over the years. I finally realized, I think I've seen the second half of this movie probably three times just because it'd be on and I end up watching it. Right. But I had never watched it all together until we, you know, I watched it yesterday actually. And, uh, but anyways, after having seen me, myself and Irene, when that came out, going back to this, I was like, well, this isn't that big a deal. And then the more I thought about the era that this came out and I was like, okay, I get why people were kind of mad about this because by the time I saw it, I know all the darker material that he's right. done and he's great at it. He's, you know, brilliant actor. But so back then, yeah. but back then, exactly. Yeah. If I had to come out of watching dumb and dumber, which was my favorite comedy back then. Yeah. And then watch that. I would have been so disappointed just like you, but it's crazy how the, as a, the cult status of this movie has really gone up. Yeah. Dude, even watching it, like getting preparing for this podcast, watching it again. I mean, I've seen it like probably, uh, you know, almost a dozen times. I'm like, finding more things in it. I'm like, man, it's right. There's some brilliant like aspects of this movie, you know, especially right, a yeah. lot of social commentary about like, you know, society and. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's super. Yeah. It's, it's very insightful. I mean, he, he just says stuff in it that you're like, well, wow, that's kind of profound. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not a throwaway, you know, goofy yeah. line, you know, it's, but the um, funny part is they're all TV lines they took all the smart lines from all yeah. these tv shows you know <laughs> i got about like half of the probably i don't know if it was even half but this of just like um the throwbacks to different tv shows because obviously I'm, I'm younger than both you guys and so i didn't get to watch some of this different stuff which is funny though we did watch the my three sons growing up uh, we on did the, on reruns <laughs> like nick and yeah. nick and so, night or something like that yeah yeah so when they flashed that on the beginning and then he said his name was chick douglas i was like wait a minute and <laughs> oh, they, so you knew you knew I, yeah 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 both of us yeah um, we were big fans of that a show. lot of yeah a lot of the other things like when he's like i learned the facts of likes well, watching the facts of life, <laughs> like things like that. Like I never watched that show. And so I'm sure yeah. I didn't get a lot of the different references. And I was like, this, this is loaded with references. Yeah. This is like such a right. huge love letter to cable TV. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So before we get into it too deep, Josh, do you want to read us the synopsis real quick? Yes. Let's give a rundown of the movie for those listening who haven't seen the movie. Don't care about spoilers. And uh, again, Wikipedia. Thank you. Here we go. Architect Stephen Kovacs moves into an apartment after a failed marriage proposal to his girlfriend, Robin Harris. Taking advice from his friend, Rick, Stephen bribes cable installer Ernie Chip Douglas into giving him free movie channels. Chip gets Stephen to hang out with him the next day and makes him one of his preferred customers. Chip takes Stephen to the city's central satellite dish, where he confides to Stephen about being raised on television due to the frequent absences of his single mother. Chip soon proves to be, an intrus- to be intrusive as he crashes a basketball game between Steven and his friends and leaves multiple messages on Steven's answering machine. Following a passionate night battle between Chip and Steven at medieval times, Steven finds that Chip has secretly installed an expensive home theater system in his living room as a gift in return for Steven's friendship. Although Steven declines the gift, he agrees to host a party attended by Chip's other preferred customers before having the system returned. 
In the fervor of the party, Stephen sleeps with a young guest, whom Chip reveals the next morning to have been a prostitute that he hires specifically for Stephen. Upon this revelation, Stephen angrily kicks Chip from his apartment. To make amends, Chip tracks down Robin, who is dating another man. A disguised Chip severely beats the man in a restaurant bathroom and tells him to stay away from Robin. He later upgrades Robin's cable, ostensibly as a gift from Stephen. Robin decides to get back together with Stephen as a result. However, when Chip informs Stephen of his role in reuniting with Robin, Stephen politely ends his relationship with Chip. Devastated, Chip sets out on a series of vengeful acts. He gets Stephen arrested for possession of stolen property and mocks him through a prison visitation window. After being released on bail, Stephen is further embarrassed when Chip attends dinner with his family and Robin. Following a sexualized version of the game Password, Stephen op openly berates Chip and punches him. The next day, Stephen is fired from his job when Chip transmits a privately recorded conversation in which Stephen insults his boss onto the company's computers. Rick investigates Chip at Steve's, Stephen's request and finds that Chip was fired from the cable company for stalking customers and uses the names of television characters as aliases, such as Chip Douglas from My Three Sons and Larry Tate from Bewitched. Chip calls Stephen that night, telling him he is paying Robin a visit. After visiting Robin's empty apartment, Stephen tracks them down to the satellite dish, where Chip holds Robin hostage in a rainstorm. After a physical altercation and a chase, Stephen is able to save Robin. As the police arrive, Chip apologizes to Stephen for being a bad friend. Chip, proclaiming that he must kill the babysitter to prevent others from becoming like him, dives backward from the top of the ladder above the satellite dish, falling onto it and knocking out the television signal to the entire city. Chip survives the fall with an injured back and bids Stephen farewell before being hauled away in a rescue helicopter. When one of the paramedics addresses him as Buddy, Chip asks the paramedic if he is truly his buddy, to which the paramedic replies, yeah, sure you are, causing Chip to smile deviously. And uh, I'm just realizing as I'm reading the synopsis, if you didn't know it was a comedy, you'd be like, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have no right? idea. <laughs> well, that was the whole point, though, of what Judd Apatow was. I forgot who's the first guy that wrote this screenplay. This is the second screenplay that Judd Apatow oh, made. Like, a uh, Leo something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hoist um, or something. Yeah. And they said originally the screenplay, they said they were trying to go for like a what about Bob theme. Right. Right. Like a lighthearted yeah, yeah. pesky said, friend. I think, honestly, like Jim Carrey was the one that kind of like forced the, you know, the go to the darker, air, you know, right. darker thought of comedy on it. Right. Yeah. 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 I saw that, um, that Jim Carrey and Jed, or sorry, um, Ben Stiller. Well, Ben Stiller, Jim Carrey and Jed Apatow, when they were kind of looking at the rewrites of it, when they were shooting, Ben would shoot a lighthearted, version of the shot with the comedy being kind of lighthearted. And then he would shoot one where Jim would just go totally dark and, you know, devious kind of, and then they would just pick which scene oh, worked really? better. Oh, wow. So basically there was like a really? lighthearted version and there was like a really dark version where they had to cut some of it out because it was too dark, I guess, which I'd be, I would love to see like an absolutely evil version of this movie. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was pretty evil, pretty dark. I mean, how much darker can you get? I mean, apparently a lot darker. Yeah. Crazy. You, know, you know, what's funny though, is like, I found myself actually rooting for Jim Carrey's like his character because, because not to belittle Matthew Broadwick, who is like yeah. good in some he, stuff, but he's so vanilla in this movie. And I know yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah. that's part of his character, but he's actually not that nice of a guy in this movie. He's so, not. So, I, I saw that too. Yeah, he's a toolbox. He's a toolbox. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
So when you see Jim Carrey doing all this stuff like for him, and yeah, he's kind of extreme. And you're like, you know, Jim Carrey's not that bad of a guy. He's yeah, just kind of. Right. And then, like, of course, when he like snaps, then then like it goes like full on. You know, like what is that? Play Misty for me or something like that? Which they actually quote that and show part of that movie in there. Where right, it like, was full on stalker. Yeah, and, like Cape Fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But know what's funny is I noticed too on the movie because you know it's just some physical altercation between uh, him and uh, Matthew Broderick. Um, he Jim Carrey never his character never assaults Matthew Broderick. If you know, nah. never, never hits yeah. him, never you know, like never assaults him. And it's like, like you're right, like he kind of you know. Yeah, he truly wants to be a friend. I mean, yeah. he's 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 socially awkward, but he's yeah. he's being genuine. Yeah. And right. then like, and especially when, when, uh, Matthew Broderick like breaks up with him after he finds out that his girl's oh, going to get rain, back. The rain yeah. Scene. The rain breakup <laughs> scene. I mean, it's like, Oh man, that's, that's we've so all had smart. that. <laughs> we've all had that annoying friend, but I just, it really made me realize then it's like, man, what a, what a jerk. Like yeah. there was no reason just to end it completely, especially yeah, after yeah, he went yeah, and yeah. did all that, you know, yes, he's annoying. He's a little overbearing, but it's like, what a what a jerk! <laughs> I mean, I think the worst the worst thing he did to him, I think, before that was like he got hired a prostitute for him. But like, even in his mind, even in his mind, that was like trying to be nice, and so right, it's just right. It wasn't like, malicious. It wasn't a revenge yeah. thing. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. What did he expect when you when, you know the, the first you know time he meets him, the dude's banging on his door. Can right. You know like, can right. You know, like, what did you expect when you were gonna? you know spend time with some uh normal person right no i know I, and it's i gotta say though i think it's it's matthew broderick's own fault though because jim carrey like asks him to hang out and then he's just like okay because he's just like depressed and he just he keeps going with him on these different things it's not like jim carrey really like messes with him at first but yeah but then it's like once he earns his trust and then the prostitute thing happens and then he's just like yeah but right. that is so creepy it's my treat my treat you know you get it next time <laughs> right next time you're just like the look on his oh, face you're just yeah. like what right I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there like that, but I'm just like that casual remark of just like, it's like, oh, you buy lunch yeah, next time. You, know? <laughs> you know, I do think it's kind of funny though. Like Jim Carrey says in that scene, he's like, he's like, dude, no girls like that would actually hang out with us. But then like later in the movie, he's super charming to different with people. Family, yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah. And like, so he makes like Robin really likes him. And so I was just like, dude, you could totally, but then I was thinking about it. If he started having like actual, like, commitment issues like i can see how he totally goes stalkerish and stuff like that but right. i was i was watching the movie and i was like is he called the cable guy because he doesn't have a name um is he called the cable guy because he was raised on cable not because he actually just installs cable and so i was like maybe that's why it's like a yeah, double, that's, double yeah, part that's true. right yeah it's the that seems uh, right the TV, yeah. tv was his babysitter and at the end of the movie he's like i killed the babysitter you know like right you know you got to kill the babysitter the tv yeah Right. right. And he's even, I mean, it's like, there's that redeeming quality about him even there where you're like, man, he's, I mean, he's a little crazy, but yeah. even right there, he's trying to do the right thing or you yeah. know, do something nice or, yeah. yeah. You know, Jim the, Carrey, the, the thing that really struck me too, like, and I picked, so I picked up on this, this, you know, watching the, uh, the movie before this podcast. And, um, so everything he says, like 
as far as relationship advice is like really spot, like really good advice, like really <laughs> right. spot on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like really knowledgeable about right. relationships. Like, right. It's, well, it's, it's and especially he had no, no human contact because right. the only contact he had was his TV, you know? But even right? still, the fact that, yes, he learned all these things from TV shows, he got all the good stuff, like the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. good stuff from all these random movies and shows and, you know, could apply them to life in a successful manner. I mean, that's, yeah. then you're kind of like, well, he's kind of brilliant for being, you know, yeah. having right. a right. crappy childhood. <laughs> I think, it yeah, I, dude, the, the, the funniest scene was, oh, not the, you know, one of the funniest scenes was uh, when they're laying on the satellite dish and he, and he gives them some of that insightful relationship advice. Right. And, uh, and Matthew Broderick's character is like, yeah, that was super insightful. He's like, that was last Thursday's, uh, final thought on Jerry Springer's. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, hey, Jerry, why we watched Jerry Springer for more than the fights, apparently, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess some people, now he's got some insightful, uh, advice. right. So. Yeah. I thought it was well, interesting that I was reading here too. And apparently Jim Carrey really wanted to die at the end of this movie to, so he was originally supposed to be impaled and then they changed it. So he didn't get impaled at the end, really? but he was totally committed to where he was like, I, I totally want to uh, like die at the end. So that way it, it'll kind of save my character. But then of course they didn't do that. Well, he, it, it looked like he felt, felt like a uh, hundred feet. So I know, right. right. <laughs> anyway, Right. <laughs> Which and it was funny because you do expect him to be impaled. So it was pretty, yeah. it, the gag is funny that he lands yeah. next to it and like breaks his back. And he's like, Oh, I'm still yeah. alive. Yeah. It's I'm almost not, like they could have ended that movie, you know, a few times before. And then, you know, yeah. Right. Like it could have ended with him being impaled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this really is, I mean, obviously this movie is about him and not about Matthew Broadwick, but honestly, if he ended up stealing Robin and then like, they want up to have a good life, I would have been happy. I would have been like, okay, Me you know, because <laughs> like, I mean, he's, a, he's manipulative and all that stuff. But like, I was just like that. I felt like Matthew Broadwick actually kind of hurt this movie because he's just so boring. Dude, I agree this. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cause like every scene that Jim Carrey is in, he nails it even Comedy. if he's creepy or you know he's like lovable still the his range is incredible and i yes. i it's just it was controversial for when it came out absolutely this was this was actually originally written for with uh chris farley in mind but i heard that that's right yeah, yeah. oh uh all right, Chris Farley. I was I was going to say Sam Kennison, but yeah, I think you're right, Chris Farley, right? Yeah, he wanted yeah, Chris to. Chris Farley was uh, yeah. He was going to do it, but apparently, right after Actually, Tommy I'm Boy, sorry, Sam Kennison was dead by then. Jesus. Oh, okay. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but anyways, Chris Farley though was going to do it, but he had scheduling conflicts, so he wasn't able to do it. Which I'm not going to lie, I would have loved to see that version of it too, because he's right. also like super intense, and I've never seen yeah. Chris Farley be creepy. So yeah, it would that be an interesting been. dynamic with uh, Harry's creepy character and right. uh, Chris Farley, right? Yeah, that would be an interesting. Well, dynamic. then I also saw that Ben Stiller was offered the role, and so he was at one point too, yeah. he was going to direct that, and yeah. act the lead. Which I mean, and I don't know if this is based on what we've seen Ben Stiller do in general in his career, looking back. But I think he would have been super dark. Oh, I feel like yeah. he already kind of was, was able that to that, do was that. that his, I, I probably should know this, but was that his first movie that he directed? Uh, it was I, I the don't first so. movie that he was not in. Right. Um, that he but it wasn't starring that he directed. Right. That's what it, I mean. That he wasn't is, starring in. 
it is the first movie though that him and owen wilson are in the same movie together even though they're not on screen together but i thought that was interesting yeah i actually don't i should have looked that up too that's i was gonna look that up too about ben stiller directing because he he makes kind of weird movies like he i I mean you think of zoolander and like yeah walter mitty um but like his earlier stuff I don't remember if he directed Reality Bites, but he's he's yes, always he done. He did. I just I'm just fact checking while you're talking. Yeah, and I thought so too. But Reality Bites was his first, other than the Ben Stiller show. That was his first movie. That was his first movie. Okay, which definitely had a darker tone to it, right? And um, which kind of lends itself, I think, to him directing the Cable Guy and it being kind of a darker movie, right? So it definitely, Absolutely. to me, it, it fits as Ben Stiller's work. Right. But obviously, Jim Carrey, we still knew him as more lighthearted. Crazy, yes, but, yeah. you know, not dark. <laughs> and uh, I was reading something where they said Cable Guy was Jim Carrey's movie to let Hollywood know I'm not going to play a certain type of character. Like, I'm going right. to stretch my uh, creative uh, acting abilities, you know? Right. That's pretty incredible, like, because you do got to have that. And, of course, he would go on. He did the Truman Show, like, the next yeah, year. Yeah, he's done a great bunch of great movies, yeah. Right. Kind of, different, yeah. Which is funny. That's like the opposite of this movie where he's on the TV and he doesn't realize he is versus in this movie, he's watching TV like all the time. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's that's a good, a good point. point. Yeah, Jeremy, nice. yeah. I didn't did, think about that. Yeah. So the real question in though is did Steven sweet, did he actually, or Sam sweet, did he actually kill his brother? Like uh, we don't, I we don't know. <laughs> and so uh, there's actually in the novelization, yeah, strongly they don't give the verdict, right? They just, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. He, he kills the cable. <laughs> yep. Now they, uh, in the novelization, they strongly, um, hint that he did, but I was reading this and there's a strong theory too. The, apparently the 911 call, that's actually Jim Carrey doing the 911 call. It's not Ben Stiller. And so there's later, like when they're watching the the, the footage and he's, really? he's, yeah, he seems to be like walking by, he sees the, the trial on TV and he's like, oh, that guy's a bastard or whatever. And then he goes on. So there's a theory that Jim Carrey actually was like stalking him and ended up killing his brother. And um, it's not proven or anything. It's just a theory that's out on the internet. But I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotta love internet film theories. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. Hours of entertainment. Jim Carrey's character was the one that killed that brother. Oh wow. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Think about that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was reading this because when you said the like, Hey, we should check out the cable guy. And I typed out the cable guy. First thing that came up was Larry, the cable guy. And apparently Larry, the cable guy was having his start already in comedy. And so his, his manager reached out to them and was like, can you rename this movie? This is not at all what Larry is trying to do. And they're like, nah, forget you. And so like, and obviously, though, it didn't hurt his career. Like, yeah. he's right. more famous than this movie. But right. you mentioned uh, Judd, uh, Judd Apatow, and like, that's he's he was the one that got that call. I think it was him. That yeah, yeah, you're right. Call. Yeah. And they said, uh, yeah, they're like, you can't use this title. You can't use this movie title. Larry the Cable <laughs> Guy, you know. And, right. <laughs> but obviously, it didn't hurt his career, you know. Larry, right. Larry the Cable Guy was a little bigger than the movie. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought this was funny too. I read this that the part where Jim Carrey gets punched at the end and he loses his list, like he forgot. <laughs> to have a, like that was him forgetting to have his list, and then he just ad libbed and he was like, "Right, you corrected my 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 uh what no. my list." And then yeah. they just are you bit, kidding me? No, and then like they went with it, and like that whole scene, which is hilarious. Yeah, that was because he forgot to do that, and then ad libbed. Oh like, man! So I was yeah. trying to figure out the deeper meaning behind it. 
Right. And now you told me it was there. Yeah. No meaning. Right. I'm like, why did he lose his wrist for that one punch? And then he gets punched again and gets his wrist, you know? Right. Right. Well, I, it sounds like, I mean, just from what I've been reading, it just, I think that dude just riffs all the time. I oh, think that yeah. dude just is never not funny. Yeah. So I think he's probably, you probably have to have a lot of yeah. patience when you're directing him because he probably, here's the line and here's yeah. another one and another, yeah. you know, yeah. it just kind of right, goes on. Change our direction to fit the line that he, you know, they said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the whole scene with him doing like, Hey, like you done with that chicken? And he puts the skin on his face and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, hello, Clarice. Like that was him completely ab living. And Ben Stiller thought it was so oh, really? funny that they left it in the movie. But yeah, that was not planned. And like, you can see, I guess, in that scene that Matthew Rodwick is laughing, trying not to laugh because yeah. he just totally, he's genuinely yeah. busting up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking well, of that, that, that whole, oh, whole sequence, that whole medieval time sequence. I mean, there was, there was, I think three or four times where I had totally laughed out loud on this movie. Just, it just surprised me. Like, this is funny. And the whole medieval right. time sequence. Medieval times? No, I'm not I've, yet. I've so seen them my whole life. I have. I've never been. Oh, yeah. I have. So it was like, yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, spot yeah. on. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was totally spot on. <laughs> yeah, my, my so wife is that's gone. That's how they here. do it. It's like medieval times, you know? Right. My well, wife whole, is gone, but not. No, I haven't made it yet, though. Yeah. The whole Spock and Kirk fight. Like, I'm a, I'm a mild Star, Star Trek fan. And just so I knew exactly what that was, even before, <laughs> you know, he was you know referencing it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is hilarious. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, I, I love too that Jim Carrey, like at the end of the movie, this just reminded me where he's like, you know what we're missing is the intense music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then like the orchestra okay. soundtrack actually picks it up and is playing the same music that he's singing. And I just right. like, I love that. I thought it was so funny, but speaking, yeah. speaking of other parts of people cracking up, you know, when he's beating up Owen Wilson, and and he's doing like i was a, gonna say that yeah i swear that owen wilson he was is cracking just, a laugh right yeah, yeah yeah he's not he's not acting he's just trying not to laugh and <laughs> <laughs> i said yeah. the same thing to my wife that that's so funny yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like yeah he's trying not yeah oh and th this was awesome too i didn't realize so apparently jim carrey is like horrible at basketball and so yeah, I saw did that you read too. that? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that whole scene where he's doing basketball, yeah. um, he was so bad at it that Ben Stiller was like, just mime that you have a basketball. And then they digitally added the basketball in later. So he's, he's literally, no, he yeah. couldn't yeah. dribble. Yeah. Boy. He couldn't, couldn't dribble. dribble. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which I that gotta is say, a great dude. scene too. That is oh, a great I know, scene. Yeah. dude. When he's when he's gorilla guarding, <laughs> when he's gorilla guarding that guy and just getting all around him, I was I was dying. Yeah, I was like that is hilarious. Oh no, the best. Check the ball. Right. Um, looks good. <laughs> looks good. <laughs> Let's go, White Shadow. <laughs> yeah. But was, I was surprised too when he ran out. I'm like that. He's like pretty fit. Like he was. Right. I always thought yeah, of him yeah. as like a really skinny guy, but I was like, no, oh, he's. Got some yeah. muscle on him. I was surprised. Yeah. He does. Yeah, no, absolutely. Apparently, too, like this was the first movie. They were shocked that nobody had ever filmed at Medieval Times before. So they right. They oh, went. Really? Yeah. Really? First yeah. time they shot a movie at Medieval wow. Times. Yeah. That's Jim Jim Carrey wanted to do it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There there's I was surprised at how smartly written the script was. Cause at the beginning, I was like, wow, these scenes are long. There's not a lot of scenes in the movie, but they're kind of like each scene is like almost 15 minutes long. And it kind of moves at a different pace than a lot of movies, even for 90s films. Cause like Dumb and Dumber, it's just like 
constantly it's just like boom 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 constantly changing doing different things yeah. and in this one they stay in the scenes almost every time and then you get like the entire song of jim carrey singing and uh the medieval times is a long sequence every sequence is is longer than like I, right, I kept yeah. waiting for it to cut and go to something else but i think that actually goes to show the strength of jim carrey's acting in this movie and i i he's such a good actor in this movie though like he it just nobody else i think really even has a chance to shine like even jack black who's normally hilarious it's like yeah. of course his character right. is that's i want to talk about that he is i've never that i can think of in, in him having kind of a uh, pretty significant um side character role yeah he was the straight guy yeah i don't think he did anything jack black funny that we know him yeah. for i don't think he did anything the whole movie he's like the concerned caring friend like totally right. straight character which and it was, was super early in his career too so i don't know maybe right like you know like like what was he in before that i didn't uh, know i mean he was funnier he was funnier in enemy of the state or the jackal and like he was a well you're right yeah. computer yeah. nerd you know at that right. time yeah. which i think mars attacks was after this movie which is like the when you see him starting to do his weird he little out, like, yeah yeah i remember the first time that I saw him and I just, I laughed my butt off was yeah, um, high, high fidelity. Oh, behind, yeah. uh, oh, that was a great movie. Yeah. That yeah. I remember seeing that. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. He is yeah. killing me. <laughs> I'm trying to see when that came out. I don't remember. Is That's that, the first yeah. thing I saw though with him and it was a uh, school of rock. And then I went back and started watching his older yeah. movies and it was like, Oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. He's so funny. And he's so talented. He's acting. Oh yeah. Singing, right. Musician. Like he's just super talented. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, he definitely is. It's funny how somebody just gets, well, even Jim Carrey, he's a, I would, I would describe him too. I feel like he could be an amazing, epic Oscar winning, like serious dramatic actor. I feel right. like he could totally do a Tom Hanks and become the next, you know, I don't know, A-list. I mean, he's already an A-list actor, but just as a, as a straight drama. Because any, I mean, um, Truman Show or um, The Majestic. Right. I mean, just, he is amazing. Those are just two quick examples. But I wish he would, you know, delve into that more. He's done, what was it, the number 23? That one where he's like a... I don't, I don't think we should talk about that movie because it's just a horrible film. <laughs> <Is it that laughs> <Sorry. bad? laughs> I mean, unless you want to watch Jim Carrey. Yeah, tell us what you really think. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to see Jim Carrey having sex in slow motion a bunch of times. Like, it's just, <laughs> he wasn't even a serial killer. That. All right. Uh, no, that, that movie was played up that he was going to be a serial killer. And then like, turns out he's not, but it's, it's a Joel Schumacher movie. And yeah, and yeah no, I'm not, not a big fan of Joel Schumacher. Yeah. But, gotcha. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I totally took the fire away from you on that one. <laughs> oh, well, just, just saying that I wish he would do some more serious roles because he is so versatile and he just, yeah. but yeah. It, then again, you do what you love. You love being funny, doing funny stuff. Hey, keep doing it. I mean, that's like Jack Black. Right. So kudos. He, I think that he, he said he wanted to be what the man of a thousand faces. And he said he got up to like 238 faces or something like that before wow. he had to give up on it. But yeah, like well, he's oh, go ahead. About it, like his uh, early standup career. And he said, I don't know the exact number, but it was over a hundred impersonations. That he yeah. And he's like, before he got big and he's like, everyone would pro they were like promising him fame and all this stuff. And, um, and he could do over a hundred different, uh, voices and a hundred different right. crazy talent. Fascinated that by people that can do that. Like my oh, wife, yeah. like, she can do any accent, any voice. I'm like, I can't do that. I know one <laughs> voice, just... 
uh, a Latin right. New Yorker. That's the only voice. Yeah, it's, a, do. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, when people can mimic like that and 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 copy, it's unreal. Like, I I remember him from In Living Color before oh, the man. movies. Oh and yeah, just, yeah. You yeah. know, Fire Marshal Bill and yeah, the, yeah. And, the uh, Juice Man. <laughs> Oh yeah, Jeez, man. That might be my favorite one. <laughs> you gotta juice it, Jerry. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, well, we're getting uh, start, time starting to get away from us a little bit. Let's go. Um, do we have any like final thoughts before we go into our final verdicts, uh, Joe? Any final th- final things you want to say about this movie? I, yeah, I, you know. There was a couple things like I love the um, the underlying themes that were running throughout the movie, like the kind of like pseudo Menendez brothers, like all the news yes. clips kind of gave you um, a temperature of the times of the yeah. 90s, what was going on. The Jerry Springer show, though, like all those like, you know, was, so that was super interesting to me. And then um, and then like we were talking about earlier, like how insightful his character was as far as like relationships. But yet, how foreign, true human uh, relationships were. Like he was brought up on the TV. The TV right. was, you know. So everything, and I, like I find it like it was hilarious that every insightful thing that he said was was a TV quote. Right. Uh, yeah. Even at the end, when he was about, to, you know, when he's in the helicopter, you know, like he's quote like, well, he's about to die. He's like quoting, you know. I forgot what he was saying. Something about, oh no, okay, now I remember. He was actually giving the guy medical advice based on like <laughs> what, like some of medicals, right? What was it? I, I'm still remembering it, but he was giving the the, the paramedic. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Based on like a TV show that was right, but right. I, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought that was really, uh, really clever and um, and interesting. And the fact that yeah, so he was. Uh, brought up on tv and he, he knew all these things but he had no social you know socially he was totally inept you know yeah right um oh but, man yeah no absolutely uh josh do you have anything that you wanted to uh, any last thoughts i gotta tag on with what joe said a little bit just i completely agree that the all the the smart dialogue and even just collecting all those smart lines from all of those different tv shows and movies I mean, it, it does add to the rewatchability of this movie. And I think it's, I would think to, in some ways, has added to it, its cult status and people coming yeah. back and being like, you know what? That was really smart. Like once you can get past, okay, this isn't Dumb and Dumber. This isn't Ace Ventura. Right. This is, this is something else. And then when you start to realize that, and, and even just maybe be like myself, you go and you watch, you know, later, his later movies, and then you come back and you're like, okay, we've seen him do dark. I can handle this. And then you get past that and then like, you know, you see all the smart writing, but yeah, yeah, my last thought is I um, just being a teenager in the nineties, I, it really brought me back just the music and just being a Jim Carrey fan at that time. And just seeing all those different act, uh, you know, comedians in there who were, you know, in the cool kind of hip comedy movies that are uniquely nineties. I mean, it really changed into the two thousands. I mean, that's like any decade, I guess. Um, you know, different from comedies in the eighties, but it just kind of sent me down a sentimental, uh, you know, memory lane a little bit. So that was kind of fun. And even like the fuzzy signal on the channels at the beginning for the, for the intro. I mean, that, that totally brought me back to, um, just watching, you know, trying to to get that one channel that you didn't really get, but like, you know, it's kind of good enough to see or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) hit the TV. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was uh, I meant to say too, like all the underlying themes, like 
I love the fact that uh, his lisp, like that was yes. like an underlying theme and uh, throughout the whole movie. And uh, if you notice a lot of the characters, cause I have like a slight lisp myself and a lot of the characters were all S's. Sam is being sweet. Uh, doctors, uh, when he gives him the book on the, the, um, speech oh, yeah, that, Dr. Right. Swears, his name is Swears or Steve, the character's name is Steve. And like everything was S's, which I thought oh, was brilliant, you know? Yes. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. There was a lot of it. I didn't, but that, t- I, yeah, I yeah, totally get amazing. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense now, now. I want to see one of my favorite, part, my favorite scenes in the movie. I didn't mention this before was when he's hooking up cable at Steven's ha- uh, apartment. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's rubbing the wall with the right. oh, yeah. <laughs> under stone, he's rubbing the wall. And then he pulls out a drill that's right. Like, you know, you know, like, I just you know. You're trying to drill through the whole house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, that's your sweet spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah, that did you the list or like all that, like the underlying little things, the news clips that they constantly played. Like, right. know, like, a, a range of the times that were going on. Yeah. Plot to the movie that when you first watch it, like we were saying, that you don't really pick up on. Right. You Watches you're like, wow, it's really, really well, I mean, well thought. Really yeah. Well thought of I think it ties in what I was saying about it feeling uniquely mid '90s because of you had those murder trials. Yeah. You know, right. or, or OJ, or just these yeah. things that like everybody was glued to. Not that we aren't glued to you know news stories now, but it was different then. Like you had to. You had to watch it in the afternoon after school was out or, you know, right. parents came home from work. I mean, that's, that's when you found out about these things and it was like a soap opera every day, but yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. There was, so yeah, for the Mia, did you guys notice the one part two when Jim Carrey is right before he, he takes Robin, he's talking to him and then like the spider crawls over his face. <laughs> did you, did you see that? Like, I was like, okay, what's the story behind that? And apparently there was a cut scene where he's actually in like the root, the, in the ceiling where Robin lives. And so like, it was supposed to pan over and you could see he's already there to, oh. to, to take her, but they cut that out. But it, it's kind of funny though. You're just like, there's a spider that just walks across his face <laughs> and he doesn't do anything about it. It makes it creepier. It's just a small right. little thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I felt like this movie though, actually, um, like for example, Robert Roger Ebert, uh, he was famous for starting his uh, review, and we quote him sometimes. Uh, but like, we, he was saying like, you want to like Jim Carrey, that's why you go see him in movies. And in this movie, this movie doesn't want you to like Jim Carrey, and so he gave the movie two stars. So I feel like this movie was actually one of those classic movies that uh, was. It just came out at the wrong time. It was ahead of its time. It's like, I mean, we're all three of us. Uh, I don't remember if you said so, Josh, but we we didn't like the movie initially. And right. yeah, but then, but now we're all talking about it. And obviously we all had fun watching the movie and this is later. We are more aware of that type of humor. And right. uh, we know Jim Carrey is not just Ace Manchera. He's not just Dumb and Dumber. So I feel like if that movie had come out, say even 10 years ago, people would be like, wow, this is such a smartly written movie. This is amazing. And I just feel like it was just at the time that it just, it was just so different than right. what he had done. Because I mean, even he didn't even do Man on the Moon yet, which was after that. And I mean, right. that movie, that movie was kind of instantly you love it or hate it. It's obviously not a Jim Carrey right. movie. It's you know, so. Um, but this movie though, you're still expecting. I mean, and the thing is though, half the movie he is likable. 
he's funny, right? But he's just got that creepy little undertone after, uh, you know, underneath it. And so, some super creepy stuff. Like it's so bizarre. Like yeah, the facial. Like when he stares at him, when he it's raining, oh, yeah. staring at him. Like this is so <laughs> bizarre and creepy. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. right. <laughs> oh man. So let's roll into a final verdicts. I kind of jumped the gun on that one, but um, so uh, the basically we, re- we we break it down into four parts. So the the first one though is, do you think that it hit its mark when it came out? Um, I, I can go first on this one. Like money wise, it did. It made it made t- back twice its money twice, but I don't think it was really well received initially. It was just like it made his money because Jim Carrey is a big hit, but he didn't make even close to as much money as his other movies. As his, uh, yeah. right, yeah, as they projected it was going to make. You're right. So, Joe, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think uh, like yeah, no, I agree with that too. Like I think at the time, like I said, we all didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't you know it was super dark um and i think probably and in fact i was going to quote uh judd apatow he said the same thing he said um i wrote this down too he said when he uh he actually said when you first watch it it's super creepy and you can't like there's no laugh you jim carrey's character is so bizarre right he's like when you watch it again you see you know you see the humor in it he so you know he was the producer and he actually said that you know right so um but yeah so i think like you said yeah i think uh um at the time when it came out yeah it was it was uh not a flop but not you know right so i'm sorry i uh we we do it um from we rate it from like a to f and i didn't even rate it, i'm sorry yeah. so yeah, i would, would say you rate it, yeah for, for me i would give it I would give it a C because it made its money, yeah. but it wasn't extremely well received. If that yeah. makes sense, so like so, technically it was a success, but right. it not even not compared to at all like <laughs> any of his other movies before that. Yeah, Joe, what uh, would you I rate? It? I would say about a C as well. Yeah, C as well. well. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go in there with you too. It was initially I was like, eh, it's kind of a B minus because yes, it made its money. It was a box office success technically. Right. But the, it was, the reviews were, were kind of rough. So yeah, initially I, I've been dropping down to a C. Gotcha. And the uh, next thing is how relevant is the movie today? So let's, let's start that one backwards. Josh, how, how relevant do you think it is today? Well, this one, it's, tr- it's tough to me because it is such a cult movie. So I think it depends on who you're talking to. If you talk to a casual Jim Carrey fan, uh, have they even seen it? You know, right? I don't know. I don't right. know. I, I don't, you know, I feel like it's really just kind of people that are in the movies that you might hear talk about this one as being a favorite. So uh, I, I, I don't know as a cult movie, I would give it a B just as far as impact on movie culture today in general. I mean, it's probably still a C it's not a terrible movie. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know, I guess looking at it because I mean, most people that like it now it's, it's, it's legit cult movie. So I would, I would give it a B for a cult movie legit yeah okay so b for cult movie and then mainstream you were saying it was be more of like a what would you say for that oh like a c probably a c yeah maybe a c minus that makes sense joe what about you yeah i would say probably like a c plus um uh yeah i mean uh so what was the question so so uh we're talking about is it relevant today right right relevant today yeah i mean so if you replace the cable with mm-hmm. social media, I think it would be super relevant today. Ah, right? that's a good point. How we're, our society's tied up with cable back in the nineties, but now we're right. social media. 
So which is know. which is funny. He did predict in the movie that you know one day yeah, he called it cable, yeah. but he was like your your internet, your TV, and your uh, your gaming, whatever. You know, it's all yeah. going to be in one thing. It's that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, as for a cult movie, I think this movie is almost more for people that aren't Jim Carrey fans than that are, just because it's so different than his like classic Jim Carrey stuff. Um, so it is definitely a cult movie for sure. Yeah. Like it's oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I guess I, I mean, yeah, for, for large scale, uh, relevant today, um, I got to give it a, a C. I wish it was more relevant though, honestly, because it's such sure. a tightly, I honestly think this is one of Judd Apatow's better written films, even than the movies he's directed later. Like I just, it's so tight. It's so like, I don't even get half of the TV references, but I understand that they're there. Like that's, that is smart. And then you mm-hmm. had Jim Carrey to top it off. Like that is, it's, that's really, really good. So let, let's roll into this one. So we're doing uh personal, personal. En- personal enjoyment of the movie right now. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll start this one then. Or actually, no, no, Joe, how, what's your personal enjoyment? Dude, of I'll give it an A plus, man. A plus. I, uh, yeah, I would give it an A Love plus. it. It's one of my favorite comedies that, you know, it's so bizarre, so interesting, so funny, so many layers to it. Um, you know, I, you know, absolutely yeah awesome that's my uh what about you a plus uh so for me um i would give this a higher rating honestly if matthew broderick wasn't in it i'm sorry but he (laughs) he really bothered me in this movie i don't know why it's just well i mean i do know why he just was not an interesting character and i was like i don't care about this guy like jim carrey is throwing himself at him and he's just like he's not worthy and I, yeah. So, but for other things, like I said, the writing and, um, personal enjoyment, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed the, like thoroughly enjoyed this movie, not even just because of the the time frame that it came out. I just, so I, uh, personal enjoyment, I got to give it probably a, a B minus. Like it, it was, I did enjoy it. I went from me really not liking this movie to, yeah. I actually would totally watch this movie again and I would recommend it to a certain crowd of people for sure. What about you, Josh? Uh, dude, you took the words, all the words out of my mouth. That's kind of how I was coming into it. Not Maybe not that I, you guys really I didn't like it before. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but no, I, I came into it thinking that like I was going to be a little more middle of the road on it. And I was surprised at how much more I liked it. Like you said, how interesting it was. Um, I can really see the replay value on it. So I'm, I'm right there with the B minus on it. I, I thought I was going to be coming in at like a C plus or somewhere a C, you know? Right. And uh, I was like, no, I actually, I did kind of enjoy the, the weirdness of this movie. And I think it'd be super fun. Like you said, if you watch it with the right crowd, I think it'd be. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we've talked about that before on the podcast where there's certain, well, even our two episodes ago when we did flash Gordon, we talked about how there's certain movies that are just, and usually they're kind of bad, but they're so fun to watch in a group. You just get something yeah. out of it and pointing out things and, and, you know, just laughing at, it. I don't know. No, absolutely. Way, if, I can, if I can digress or get off the yeah. subject, I loved your guys, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh sweet. Right Thank you. Movie ever. Uh, yeah. I listen. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was, I'm like, I wish I was a guest on that one. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you on that one. I love that movie. Yeah. Hey, maybe we'll have you see, we'll have you back if we do the sequel on that one. Cause that movie's like the complete opposite of the first one. So that would be a, a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Let me know. I'd love to be on it. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, 
jumping into the the big question is it a midnight oh, yes. watch is it a movie that you would want you would uh, as soon as if it's on tv and you're walking by and it's on you have to sit down and watch it it just captures your attention i think joe i think i know the answer for you on this yeah, one but joe, yeah. is it a midnight watch <laughs> yes <Absolutely>. it is <laughs> oh man i for me personally i wanted this to be a midnight watch so much after i finished it and like i said matthew broadwick just brings it down a notch like i'm not gonna lie like okay I'm not, I'm not biased towards Matthew Broadwick. Like I loved him in the Godzilla movie and that's a freaking horrible <laughs> film. <laughs> right. So, but so I, I do like, I liked him with the producers, like nothing against him. It's just his character. I just was like, it really bothered well, me. He, he plays this character a lot in, in a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. but this was like the vanilla version of that character. Right. And I think that's really what, what, what hurt it, unfortunately, because we've seen him play just to kind of, wimpy pushover kind of whatever right. guy but this yeah this it almost felt like he didn't try very hard in this one because like like you said we've seen him in other stuff where he's he's great you know he's funny right. or interesting or you know yeah he's super talented dude yeah and uh, honestly um i think part of it though that actually hurts his uh his character is jim carrey is so over the top <laughs> awesome in this movie right. like everything he does you're just like he is he can be likable one minute, creepy the next, and then like super scary with the next minute. And then he's back to like, Oh, I totally like see why people, you know, think this guy's cool. So I think, so for me, uh, it's not a midnight watch, but it's like, man, it's, it's, it's almost there though. There's, there's so many scenes in this movie though. Like it, I don't know. It, it just depends on where the movie is, but it's not a hundred percent for me. So I, I have to say it's not a midnight watch. What do you think, Josh? Uh, yeah, I, also, I think it's one of those, we, we almost need another category for right. Joe. We've had this come up before where it's like, depending on the scene in the movie, you would finish the scene or maybe from that point on you would finish yeah. it. And I, I feel like that's one for me where, um, you know, the basketball sequence comes on or the medieval <laughs> yeah. time sequence. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop and watch this. Cause this cracked me up. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in the, in the, in the trueness of the question, is it a midnight watch for me? It, it is not. So, yeah. But I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys uh, wanted to actually watch this movie, um, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Um, me too. Where did you, you did too? Joe, uh, do you own this movie, Joe? Or do you, uh, did you rent you it? I don't want me to say it. I illegally uh, streamed it. So. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of avenues <laughs> to stream <laughs> movies these days. <laughs> hey, I tried to get it on a few different uh, apps, but I couldn't get it. So. Right. Well, it's almost, it's easier to stream now almost than to have the DVD. Cause you can just like, like, for example, I watched this on my phone. It's so much easier to just stream something than to, right. I mean, I like to have hard copies of certain flicks, but no, I get you. Yeah. Well, there, there have been times where my family, we've rented a movie and I know we have it, but it's in the back room buried <laughs> yeah. in a CD yeah, case. You and out. you're like, I don't want to <laughs> take the time to find it. I can yeah. just pay the two ninety nine and we'll watch yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, thanks so much for being on the show, man. You are you know, that little clip of me stealing uh, streaming. Uh, <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> hey, uh, where, where can so people? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Where can people find uh, find out about you and about your other podcast? Okay, yeah, plug. So, um, I do. Uh, I um, I just got started in stand up comedy. I have a website, Joe Paris Comedy. Joe Paris spelled like the city in France. P A R I S. Um, I do. I also, I'm one of three hosts of the uh, podcast drunk comedians. And then we have a website, drunkcomedians.com, or you can get us on Instagram, drunk comedians live on Instagram or Joe Paris comedy on Instagram as well. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. awesome. Dude, it was so, so great to have you on here. Oh, dude, you guys are great. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure to have you on. Fantastic. If you guys want me back, let me know, man. Oh, dude. Well, you (laughs) you already got the bug in our ears now about uh, Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So um, that was that was one that Jeremy kind of had to push me to watch. Well, you probably heard on that. And I ended up loving it, like absolutely loving it. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch the second one now, even though I know it's like a parody. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. First one total twist yeah real real quick before we go though uh joe like yeah um so the the cable guy just bring it back to that real quick you picked this movie it's one of your favorite films and then you're you're a comedian now and um so obviously did you like this movie like you said like you weren't sure like how it became one of your favorites but like what resonates with this movie with you personally so much like is it like i've i've been gushing about like the writing and of this movie which that's more judd than but um yeah so what about the what is it about this film though that just really strikes home with you that resonates with you i think um so i think that film was like my first introduction to like really outrageous comedy Mm-hmm. Like, I was never into like outrageous comedy. I wasn't even dumb and dumber, like stuff. Like, I wasn't that until I went back and like, and, and looked at these films, you know, but I think that was, I think cable guy was my introduction to like just outrageous comedy and just go, you know, and I don't know. I just, so when I first was exposed to it, I just didn't, I didn't like it. I just, I wasn't into that kind of comedy. Um, right. And I think we were talking earlier and I was trying to pinpoint exactly what, made me go back and watch it. But once I went back and watched it and just kind of, you know, I was just, and then kind of some of the other movies like that I watched when I first watched, I thought it wasn't that good. Like, um, I don't know, Nacho Libre, something like that. Or, oh yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like when I first saw that, I hate it. I love right. it. Um, you know, stuff like that, like comedies like that. Right. And so I think, um, so it's helped me in my own comedy, uh, my up because kind of like, you know, let, let go of yourself, like be outrageous. Mm. You know, it's like, mm. outrageous can be funny. It doesn't, you know, right. you know like, so I think well, it sounds like it that, sounds like it brought you out of your comfort zone. It stretched yeah. you and kind of grew yeah. you as a person even. Yeah. But you know, back then when I first saw it, I didn't know because I wasn't into comedy back then. I wasn't doing stand up, So it was a kind of evolution. But when I first started, when I first got into stand up a couple of years ago, um, you know, I can look back at that movie and say like, okay, this is where, you know, kind of stand up comedy, outrageous comedy, where I first started getting interested in it. If that makes, mm. if that makes sense. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was kind of more like, uh, yeah. Where it was like something where like, uh, it wasn't mainstream comedy. It was a new type of comedy. Yeah. Did it, so yeah. did it kind of open the box where you're like, oh, I can kind of expand myself in Absolutely. different ways to see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then even cause some of the, like some of Jim Carrey's comedy in there is like, it's so, it's not funny. It's so bizarre and creepy. Yeah. yeah. Right. But that's okay because that's also super interesting. And that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, yeah. but, and, it gets people think, and it makes people un- uncomfortable and yeah. kind of like with comedy, comedy makes people uncomfortable sometimes. Right. And that's the know? stuff a lot of times that sticks in your mind. It'll be yep. kicking around in your brain for weeks, yep. you know, just, uh, I get it. I get it. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I thanks totally for, get Thanks for asking that Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I totally get what you're saying too, about like how the first time, uh, for some of the, like, for example, some of my favorite um, out music albums, I did not like when I first listened to them and then I've grown, uh, like they grew on me. And now it's like, those are the ones I always seek out, like to throw on repeat. 
Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I was like, same thing. I was thinking that today. You mentioned music, uh, Radiohead, the Benz, that yeah. album, same thing. I bought that album when it came out, and I'm like, ah, I didn't really right. listen to it. I was living in New York. I moved to Nashville, and a buddy of mine that I just met, he pulled it. He's like, oh, you got the Benz, popped it in, and like it literally became the theme song for like the next six months of my life. Like, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's it, awesome. it, it, it's all about timing. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, art and absolutely. Passion, it's all about timing when it, you know, it's gotta be the right time, you know? Have, yeah, absolutely. Weezer, Weezer Pinkerton is that for me? <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, for me, it's Believe with uh, Justin Bieber. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fantastic stuff. All right, I know where, I know where that's Jeremy, I'm picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, Joe. Uh, I, oh, I'm, so, I'm so, dude, I can't wait to check out some of your comedy. I'm psyched. Uh, like, I'm definitely oh, going to check that out, man. terrible. See, Jeremy, I'm getting better. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> fantastic. All right, well, thanks again, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Special thanks to our sound producer, Jake Colvin. If you'd had as much fun as we did on this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with your family, friends, and anyone that you think would like it. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and many other platforms. Also, we'd love it if you visit our Instagram or Facebook page and join the conversation on what is your Midnight Watch. You can directly reach us at the Midnight Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, everyone, you have a fantastic week. And as always, keep up the watch.